Good morning. You tuned in for Asia Lawrence. I found my voice. Episode 2. This one's titled The Power of Business Ownership Driving Stimulus and Wealth in the Black Community. Today I want to talk with you guys about something that's been so dear uh, on my heart. It's very important to talk about this because I don't think there's a lot of attention, uh, a lot of shed light on where we are um, and where we stand in the economy as a black community as a black race and as a population of people that are frankly behind. I want to share with you guys today a lot of research that I have uh, come up with to support why I feel we need to continuously drive black business and gain ownership and how powerful that is for us. When I started my business, I was in college, it was back in 2012, somewhere around 2012. Um, Since then, I've refined it going forward, I've jumped into different markets, and at this point, I always knew it was really important to to own something, to have something, to, to create something. I had worked in uh, large volume retail locations as a store manager. Uh, Management was my background and I was in the beauty industry for 12 years, still currently in that industry here in California. But there was something pressing on me. And, And even so, even though I had went through those jobs and I had kind of built up my experience learning how to be a manager, learning about uh, sales, Going through college, I knew it was very important to be an entrepreneur. I knew that I had to own something. In my family, we had a lot of successful um, business people, um, those who had gone to college and, you know, gotten their degrees, and some were principals, and, you know, some were the vice president of their companies and of their firms, many working to middle-class people. Some working at the executive level in, in their corporations and their companies, and like myself, working in middle management. So, but what I did notice was that no one owned a business. I would have to say that my mother was actually the first first example of entrepreneurship that I'd ever seen. And, and she and she spoke about my grandfather who was a military veteran he was he had his own business he kind of had a small practice um, that he had run but that was way before me I was two when he died but my mother though she was a real entrepreneurial woman to this day I can say she kind of still is I mean it was her ideas and her different um, creative 
business ventures that kind of sparked the the idea of entrepreneurship and what that meant for me. You know, early on, my mom was in the beauty industry, so she loved she loved being able to do her own thing. You know, she gone off to cosmetology school, and for the first 15 years of my life, I can, I can recall her um, being a hairstylist. She had built up a clientele for herself and was always doing hair, and everyone in the neighborhood, all her friends, they, they came to her whenever they wanted a new style, and she lived, she made a living that way, um, and then later on, she, she moved into her, executing her love for cooking, you know, she, she started a business, Salon Cuisine, and she, she would make these great meals, and she figured she would use the the hairstylist and the and the local owners. She would she would cater to that market. So she delivered uh, foods and meals to the restaurants or the local businesses. That at the time there was no DoorDash or there wasn't any uh, way to get restaurant food, you know, restaurant quality food delivered. Um, and she would you know, create these amazing menus and market them to salons so that they had something decent to eat working all the hours they worked at a time. I even remember her, you know, catering and setting up vendors' tables at events and sporting events. And, you know, I remember stocking the refrigerator with all her, um, her inventories, I would say. And she was always entrepreneurial. Later on, she she moved into creating her own nonprofit organization in Boston, Massachusetts, where she lives, where I'm from, born and raised. And uh, she was really, really passionate about community outreach and violence prevention. And I remember supporting her and watching her speak at all these youth rallies. And she would go to universities and talk about you know, violence prevention and, you know, peace and forgiveness. Um, she had a business called Forgiveness is the Way. Um, and, you know, later on, she she really achieved some successes. I mean, she had billboards, you know, through Claire Channel going up through Boston, and she was able to get a lot of media attention. Um, the late Mayor Menino of uh, Boston, he worked and collaborated uh, with her organization a lot to bring peace and awareness to all the local residents in Boston. So my mom was definitely an entrepreneur. I even remember being young and her quitting her job and saying, I'm not working for people anymore. And I was just like, okay. So a lot of the time we thought like what she was doing as an entrepreneur was just like, you know, hustle. It was like, she had these skills that she really believed in, and she she was okay with not working for anyone. She she allowed what she could make happen with her hands to be, you know, what drove her her income and what created revenue for her, even if it was not uh, all the time creating, you know, a surplus. She was okay with 
working for herself and having the freedom. And now I understand that. I, I, can, I understand it way more. Forgive me if I am a little scattered because when you're recalling things from your childhood, you, it all makes sense later on, but it's so vivid. So I think I've given you guys enough background as to why entrepreneurship has always been important to me. Um, but I really, really do want to talk about the power of business ownership. Like I said, I want you guys to understand what's going on in the black community and in business, okay? So bear with me if you hear a little bit of noise. I have some notes here that I'm gathering, but I just wanted to let you guys know that according to the U.S. Census report, ready for this, as of 2015, 2.6 million black or African-American-owned firms nationally in 2012 they're up from 1.9 million or 34 percent so there was a 34 and a half percent increase between 2007 and 2015 and this is basically saying this has given us the total population of black businesses or black firms that are fully operating in the nation. So I'm going to repeat that. So 2.6 million black or African-American owned businesses or firms. And what they're saying is that between 2007 to 2015, while we are up 1.9 million or 34.5%, that's an increase from 2007 to 2015, Black business makes up 2.6 million, okay? So overall, if you're wondering what percentage of that is for the total population, overall uh, minority-owned firms make up only 15% of the nation's business. So that means out of 100%, only 15% of the nation's businesses are black, black owned, black operated, and that we're generating only 3% of all those receipts. If you're wondering who has the biggest minority owned business in the nation, well, as of 2019, Chicago, Chicago, Illinois has the biggest minority owned businesses. More than 95% of businesses in Chicago are sole proprietorship or partnerships which have no paid employees. So Chicago does have the highest um, percentage of business for blacks in the nation. They're the number one city. However, most of those businesses, in fact 95% or more, are small businesses, maybe mom and pop joints, local businesses where they're really independent contractors, you know, like myself, and they don't really have any paid employees or they may have, you know, one to two people working for them. Shout out to Chicago because I used to live in Chicago actually before I moved to LA. So shout out to the Shy Town. I do love Chicago. They've got great food if you're ever there. 
So moving into moving along, you know, that's so staggering. I mean, so you're like, okay, 15% of our community is entrepreneurial. That's, that's not high enough, guys. And so my whole point is that we really need to focus on the power of business ownership. You know, I want to give you guys another breakdown. This is going to really, really trip you out. If it, it did for me. I want to break down the total population of business in the nation. And I want to break that down by sector. I want to break that down by whites, Asians. And we're talking about the total population here. So I said white, the white population of business, the Asian population of business, the Latin or Hispanic population of business, and then of course, the black population of business. I want to break that down so you get an understanding of how business is controlled, what populations of people are controlling the the business for entrepreneurship in the nation okay so listen up so white businesses create 55.9 million jobs in the nation that's enough to employ 44% of the working age white population so out of 55.9 million jobs that Stimulus is able to employ 44% of the total working age white population. The annual revenue of this is 20 is I'm sorry 12.9 trillion. They generate 12.9 trillion dollars a year annually. That 12.9 trillion dollars gives every working age white American an annual salary of $102,000 a year. 55.9 million jobs. They're employing 44% of their population. They're generating an annual revenue of the highest revenue for the entire population and for every racial group, $12.9 trillion a year. And every working age American has no lower than an average annual salary of $102,000 a year. Okay? Well, what are the Asian population? How, how are they doing in business? How are they taking care of their people? Well, among the Asian business and power of ownership in the nation... 3.8 million jobs are among the Asian population. Okay? Among those 3.8 million jobs, the Asian population of business is able to employ 33% of Asian workers or people. Okay? So the Asian population generates an annual revenue. 
of $793.5 billion a year. Remember I said that the white population is generating $12.9 trillion, while the Asian population is generating $793.5 billion, less than the white population, but second highest uh, annual revenue for the nation's average of business. Among that 793.5 annual revenue, that billion dollar revenue, they are able, the Asian population, they're able to employ 67,000 dollars. And that's the salary for every person. Okay. They employ 33% of their population, but within that population, like I said, they're taking home a check for $67,000 a year as compared to the white population of business who's able to allow their working age Americans to take home $102,000. So that's about um, a $35,000 difference, decrease. Now, moving into the Hispanic population, I know this is a lot of information for you guys, but I really want you guys to get an understanding of what, how business is controlled by population and where we fall in that, uh, in that bracket. So among the Latin community and population of Hispanics, 2.5 million jobs are produced a year. So as opposed to the Asian demographic and population who produces 3.8 million, the Latin community only produces 2.5 million jobs a year. And they're able to employ only 8%, 8% of their working age population for Latin Americans or Latin uh, Hispanics. So they're definitely way lower than the Asian and white population. Because, like we said, the whites are able to employ 44%, a little less than half of their entire population for working age white Americans. The Asians are able to employ 33%. The Hispanics are only able to employ 8%. They're in the minority for being able to employ their total population of working age Latins. Their annual revenue with being able to have 2.5 million jobs in the nation, their annual revenue is only 473.6 billion. So, like we said, the Asians are able to uh, produce 793.5 billion. Uh, the white population has 12.9 trillion, and the Hispanics fall below. Um, far below at $473.6 billion a year in annual revenue with the jobs that they're able to produce. This gives every working age Latin or Hispanic only $14,000 a year. That means that the 8% that they're able to employ of their people, of their own population, 
they're only able to take home less than $14,000 in a check for a salary annually. Ready for what our race is able to do? Falling at the very, very bottom, we stand as the black race. We dominate one million jobs. We employ only 4% of our working age population for black Americans. We generate an annual revenue of $166.6 billion. And we are only able to pay out $7,000 yearly to every working age black American who has a job and is employed with us. Our statistics are extremely low because the Hispanic population, even their 8% of their workers take home $14,000 a year. The Asians, they have 33% of their workers they're able to employ and they take home a decent salary of $67,000 a year. That's above the national average of American salaries in the nation. And of course, the whites are able to employ the most, uh, most of their population, almost half at 44% of their population is employed. And not only that, they take home six-figure salaries, $102,000 a year, while we, the black community, are only able to employ... 4% of our working age population and they only take home $7,000 a year out of the 2.5 million jobs that we're able to create as a black community. So I just don't want you guys to get confused. I don't want you to think that what I'm saying is that only 4% of black people are working or have jobs and that they're only making $7,000 a year. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the power of business ownership, okay? We're talking about how little our ownership is as compared to other races and other populations and what that does for other black uh, workers. We're talking only the black person who has their business, how many people they're able to hire, and how many people they're able to pay to be a part of their staff, and how much money they're able to actually make, what, what level of income they're able to take home from, a, from being paid by another black person. these numbers I was like wow we have got to drive business we have got to start that business we have got to stop working for people that are not allowing us to create stimulus for our own community the unemployment rate currently is at 6.1% according 
according to the Institute of Policy Studies, it will take blacks 228 years to close the racial wealth gap. 228 years? Are you kidding me? To close the racial wealth gap? So what I want you to understand when I say there's power in business ownership is that we have the potential as a race, as a community, to close the racial wealth disparity, the gap that separates us from being able to have and earn and take home the same amount of money that other races and and their populations are able to take home. It would take us 228 years. That is equivalent to six and a half generations from the year 2020. That means that we are not far, but we have ways to go. And we could shorten that lifespan. We could shorten the amount of generations it would take to even feel wealth as an entire population, as a nation of people, as a community. We could shorten that gap if we increased our belief in ourselves. If we continue to do business locally, if we stimulated our own funds and our own dollars to support other black businesses that have services and goods that we need, we need them. We need to stop taking our money and putting it into other businesses that do not help us close our wealth gap. It's not to say that these businesses like Procter and Gamble and Johnson and Johnson that they're not good businesses. We're not saying that. We're saying that when we support these businesses that we are not closing our gap, that 228 year gap that the Institute of Policy Studies is saying that we are so far from closing that we don't help get there any faster when we do not create stimulus in our community. Creating stimulus, what do I mean by that? I mean when we, when you physically take your money that you make in a week and you take your hard-earned dollars and you go to Susan who is selling her uh, baked goods, you know, and you go and you buy baked goods from her instead of going to, um, you know, Lori's Bakery. You go to Susan because Susan has really good cakes and, you know, she's she's fair. She's fair price and she's local, right? Instead of shopping with Lori, you go with Susan and that money, that income, that revenue that Susan is able to take in from her product or service is going to increase her overall revenue to where she can probably, you know, employ another uh, member of staff where she can actually expand her business. And that's what we do when we buy into our community. We create opportunities for more jobs. We raise that 4% 
of black Americans that are employed through black Americans. We raise that $7,000 a year that black entrepreneurs are only able to afford, that they're at a cap for what they can pay out in income. We help our other black colleague or our, our, our black sister or brother be able to take home more higher earned income and feel proud that they're working for their own people. know Ashley M. Fox she wrote a uh, an article in Forbes um, last year 2018 and you know the year before and she says I quote blacks are financially struggling while blacks struggle to build wealth they are still spending money 1.2 trillion dollars is the buying power in the black community We need philanthropical endeavors to increase revenue for blacks in the nation. I know this is a lot to take in. I just, I'm so passionate about getting our people to understand where we can take these leaps, where we can get ahead. I won't drill you guys for too much longer, but I do want to get let you in on another thing that's very important when we talk about the power of starting that business. Start that business that you always wanted to start, or maybe your parents started a business and it hasn't grown, and you really you have what it takes, you have the education that maybe they didn't have when they started their business. You know, maybe you have the experience from working with a high, you know, corporation or a big company with increased responsibilities. Maybe you were a manager somewhere and you know what it's like to drive sales for a big corporation. Maybe you're working in those positions now under some reputable companies. Maybe you should take those skills and put them in your own business. Start that business you always wanted to start. Help your family member expand their business. Help them to to take their business model and to increase it and expand it where they can take on a fuller staff, where they can employ more team members to, to grow, to grow them. Maybe you have that training and you have that development to help others reach higher levels of success because you are the one who've been developed and you have the potential to train them in the way in which they can grow and elevate and develop themselves to a higher potential. Never underestimate the potential you have to be the change that this world needs, especially in the black community. You millennials that are out there like myself, anytime you say I'm going to go on Instagram and I'm going to sell my product or my service or I'm going to get on Etsy shop and sell my product or service or I'm going to get on Amazon, I'm going to sell my product or service. Anytime you do that, you're creating stimulus in the black community. But it's not just up to the black young entrepreneurs, the millennial game changers, 
it's for us the consumers the black consumers to see and recognize those businesses and to support them it's crucial you say well it's not my business it's not my family i'm not making any money off of it why should i support them because it affects us as a whole because that 228 years to close the racial wealth gap affects all of us because every time you spend your hard-earned dollar and you pour it to drive stimulus for another racial group or population that is already superseding the black population and the number of jobs that we have within the black business and ownership, every time you put another dollar into their business, you enable us to stay behind, to be below. You're the reason why black entrepreneurs can only pay out $7,000 a year to only 4% of the total black community and population in this nation we are the problem and unless we know how what our choices are affecting us as a whole unless we know that we're only able to employ four percent as entrepreneurs of our own people that we're not we're not creating enough business to take care of our people that they have to go and work for another race and be uh, harassed, retaliated against, struggling in their job just to keep their job, working three times as hard, surviving the negative tactics of bullying in the workplace, being stripped of being able to do your job and have to put your head down. Yeah, we don't talk about it. A lot of times we don't talk about it. We don't talk about what it takes for us to survive in corporations that are not built to to see a black person get ahead. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about why we're not, why we are at the lowest when it comes to business ownership in the nation why why are we the lowest why are we not working for ourselves why are we not working together why are we not supporting black businesses that are making up the 2.5 million jobs that they're creating for us they're the ones out there doing it and we're not but why are we not supporting them and they're helping us So if you have a business, I encourage you today. This message is all about starting your business. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. You may fail. You may fall flat on your face. But you can do it. Trust me. You can do it. I know how hard it is to quit a big salary to leave a major corporation, to leave a title, and to run a small business with not a big team, to watch, you know, your hands produce whatever, you know, income you can produce for yourself. But I'll tell you, there's nothing greater 
been working for yourself they said i read a book by kevin uh, kuzowski who um he he also wrote the book for rich dad poor dad hopefully i'm saying his last name correctly but he says there's a difference between employees and entrepreneurs employees crave security they crave job satisfaction they crave the the security of knowing that they're going to get that paycheck every friday as a direct deposit and their money's there on time and they don't have to worry but what they lack while they gain security they lack what entrepreneurs fight for most freedom see entrepreneurs they're stripped of security they don't know when their next paycheck is going to come they don't know if they're going to generate revenue that month they don't know if they're going to have a good month today and have a bad month next month they know they don't know where their resources are going to come from they don't know how they're going to employ or pay their employees when they add up their monthly expenses they don't know how it's going to happen but they have freedom they have freedom freedom of time freedom of the ability to operate your business the way you want to operate it to train your people the way you see fit for their development there's nothing like being an entrepreneur and I encourage you I encourage you today to think about becoming an entrepreneur to understand the power of business ownership it's okay if you worked for a company maybe you're retiring soon Maybe you have the opportunity to do it now. Don't be afraid. Because even if you fail, you're still doing more than the rest of our community and the rest of the population of people who've never tried. So in that article that I was reading by Forbes magazine, there was a woman named Susan Taylor Batten. And she works as an executive for the um, ABFE. Now, the ABFE is the Association of Black Foundation Executives. And what they are is they're a nonprofit organization. They've been operating for about 20 years. And what they do is they advocate to invest in resources that affect uh, change in the black community. So they're all about um, you know, economic development, getting funding, getting capital for black businesses like myself. Um, and those of you out there that are uh, black entrepreneurs. They said, Susan quoted, and I love this when she said this in the article, she says, if we want to shift economic opportunity and create generational wealth in our country, the smartest thing we can do as a people is to invest in black businesses and scale black business development. Okay. If we want to shift our economic opportunity and create generational wealth in our country, the smartest things we can do as a people is to invest in black businesses and scale black business development. According to a report by the Association for Enterprise Opportunity, the 3.56 million jobs that black business supply equates to only one-fifth of the employed black workforce. 
So out of the 3.56 million jobs that black businesses even supply each other, so all those entrepreneurs, you know, every time you see a black entrepreneur, I don't care how old they are, every time you see anyone black that's saying, I have my own business, I'm selling t-shirts, or I have my own business, I'm doing, you know, I have a little boutique, or like me, Asia Lauren uh, LLC, or you, you know, you hear me talk about beauty as hell. Anytime you see a black business owner supplying 3.56 million jobs, that's only one fifth a fifth not half a fifth of the employed black workforce so we're trying guys we're really trying and we need you we need the help of those of you who have not even started yet get in on the race start your own business it's so crucial for how we rebuild power and business ownership for the black community it's how we decrease getting there six generations later so how can that number increase how can we change going from only employing a fifth of our population well we need to support black businesses and that could increase so that you know they can hire and grow. We need to reduce the rate of unemployment in the black community. That's another thing that we need to do. You know, the large wealth group leaves black entrepreneurs with less income and assets that can help grow their business. Black businesses that are successful just don't have enough wealth to grow their income. Not only do they have less income, black businesses are suffering from a credit gap. That makes it hard for them to access any capital. When we don't have enough support or stimulus in black businesses or consumers buying from their black business owners, we're not able to get ahead. We're not able to expand. We're not able to employ more of our own people. So invest time, resources, invest your money into strengthening the wealth in the black community. Unite. Unite. Direct your resources and infrastructure into black-led social change. Lead trainings. Create events. This will help us to work together to bring more funders to the table if we are adamant about shifting the black narrative in America.